I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Welcome to the Ottawa Senators edition of Checking Out the Competition. I am joined by Ross Arnold from Silver 7 Cents, which is the Ottawa Senators blog on the SB Nation Network. Ross, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Kelly? Good, thank you. I actually just thought of another question I'm going to throw at you. Okay, perfect. What does Silver 7 Cents, what is that referencing? Uh, It's referencing the Ottawa Senators back in the... uh, uh, 18 or 1910s, 1920s, um, mm-hmm. back when they were winning a whole bunch of Stanley Cups, they were nicknamed the Silver Seven because there were seven people and they kept winning the Silver Cup. Oh, that's actually a really cool story. There are, I've realized there are a lot of SB Nation blogs that I don't really know the meaning behind their names. So thank you for explaining it to me. That's actually a really cool story. Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> so, okay, the first thing I wanted to ask you kind of a super broad question um but we've spent a lot of time at broad street hockey talking about what's been going on with the ottawa senators but i've never actually had the opportunity to talk with an ottawa senators fan so i'm kind of just wondering like how's it going for you guys like is it as bad on the inside as it seems from the outside i'm actually surprised that there are still sense fans out there (laughs) yeah that (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to cheer for this team. It's hard to cheer for anything when you feel like the only purpose this team has is to generate just enough money for the owner that he doesn't go bankrupt. So like the Carlson trade was kind of the, the biggest sign that this team doesn't have a short or long-term plan, but people are still, people are still watching and they still seem to be somewhat excited about things. I don't know. It's for me personally, it's hard that I haven't watched an entire game yet. I don't enjoy watching games like I used to that all the time. I think eh, if someone does well, then maybe we'll trade them for a seventh round pick in four years. That's kind of kind of the narrative going on in my mind. But overall, there still are people watching games and talking about them like there's still hope that a few years in the future, this might be a competitive team again. Yeah, I kind of just want to give every Senators fan a hug. You guys need a hug. Um, do you buy yeah. into? Yeah, do you buy that whole like weird between two ferns sit down interview that Melnick did? Do you buy any of what he said, like about the arena and rebuilding and all that stuff? No. Yeah, I I don't believe anything that Eugene Melnick says anymore. That he is notorious for lying to make himself look good and. Uh, reinterpreting things as he sees fit at any time that in that two ferns video he said that he uh, we could just put the an end to the talk about relocation because you know he's not going anywhere but he's the one who said in December I might just have to move the team that's the thing that got me about that interview I was like buddy you're the one who said that you were moving the team like that's where that came from yeah and when they did town halls in April uh, one of the questions was, what about relocating the team? And he said, that's not what I said on those videos. The media took it out of 
uh, proportion. I'm going to release the real tapes. He's never released any tapes. So he, he just seems to do whatever he feels like at any given moment. And I feel, I feel really bad because the Sen social media guy is wonderful. He's an excellent human being and he's very creative and very interesting in the things he does. And to have to also put out that video, I felt really bad for him because he definitely had nothing to do with it and would say this is going to get mocked roundly around the league. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of tell, like, it came out, like, on a Monday night at, like, 10 o'clock. It was, like, very obviously, like, we're going to put this out here, but we're not going to make a big show of it because it's embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I will we'll get away from the super depressing broad questions. We'll get more into hockey stuff. So, um... A lot of off-season moves for you guys that essentially dismantled a large portion of your team. Um, so who would you say the Senators lean on to win games at this point? I'm not convinced the Senators are trying to win games at this point is <laughs> part of the answer to the question. Which is like super depressing because you don't have a first-round pick. Exactly. But I mean, there's still... like. The problem is that the Senators still have a couple of big-time players. You have yeah. like Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne that yeah. would be more exciting if you know they weren't also UFAs come July. So, I yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the team is hoping for other than hopefully these guys decide they want to stick around with a a team that nobody seems to want to stick around with. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of assume that Mark Stone did what he did with that one-year deal because he knew that he could, you know, get out after that. Which again is is a an interview. There's an interview with Dorian, uh, right around the start of the season, where he made a comment about how the team had been trying to work on a long-term deal with Stone, but they just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. which makes it sound like Stone didn't want to sign a multi-year deal, but the team was trying to get him signed to one. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I kind of fully expect, well, I mean, NHL GMs don't like to do anything fun, so I guess that's why it didn't happen. But I thought that he was like a prime offer sheet guy just because he figured if he wanted out, he would sign one. But he found another way out, I guess. Maybe. Or maybe things will turn around and we'll, we'll stay. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. There's always that question of if the team decided to keep Stone and they decide to keep Duchesne, why didn't they decide to keep Carlson? That it doesn't make sense along those lines. Yeah. Um, So speaking of Carlson, with him gone, um, and from the outside, me assuming that he was the biggest leader on the team, both on the ice and off the ice, who do you think is stepping into that role? Probably the biggest person who's stepping into it is Mark Stone, which is yeah. sad for the reasons we just talked about. But he, uh, like Brady Kachuk, the guy they just picked uh, in the first round, has mm-hmm. moved in with Mark Stone. So he's showing him the ropes of playing for the team and what it's like to be a professional hockey player for the first time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so he's still he's still doing the leadership role, even though we're not sure how much longer he'll stick around. That. The, even the media guys in Ottawa say that if Stone was here for even one more season, he would have been named captain. Mm. But because they don't know what the future is going to hold with him, right now he's just uh, an assistant all the time. Yeah. 
Okay, so on to the next question. You guys, obviously in that Carlson trade, there were some, I mean, not terrible assets that came back to you um, in the form of some young guys. Uh, what's his name? Tierney. He's pretty good. Um, so who would you say is the prospect you're most excited about? And I'm not going to let you say Thomas Chabot. <laughs> oh, do you mean prospect in general or prospect who came back in the trade? In general, like who, who, because I mean, at this point, I would think that if you're going to remain an Ottawa Senators fan, you're kind of looking towards the future of the team. Um, so I'm just kind of yes. curious about like who you're looking forward to coming up with the team that might, you know, make an impact at some point. Uh, probably the biggest one that we're hoping for is Logan Brown, yeah. who has had some injury issues, but looks like he could if he manages to stay healthy and uh, figure out how to take better advantage of his size, that he's a big guy who's known for his passing and his shot rather than his hitting and staying on his feet and stuff. So I think there's some hope that if we can end up with a big skilled guy, that would be exciting. Um, the other guys that I think people have been excited about are uh, Alex Formanton and Drake Batherson, uh, two picks from uh, a couple years ago that are both just very fast and uh, throughout their junior careers have got better at everything else to go with it. And so I think fans are hoping that one or both of them can turn into genuine NHL players, especially because the game seems to be getting younger and faster and both of them fit with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So there are some bright spots, which is, is nice to hear. I, I hate Eugene Melnick. And I kind of hope that at some point the league forces them out. But Ottawa's like, I have a soft spot for Canadian teams. Like, I want them to do well. I think it's good for hockey when they're doing well. So I, I do hope that at some point in the near future, Ottawa turns this whole thing around. So it's nice to know that there are some bright spots there on the horizon. There are bright spots. It always feels muted as long as Eugene Melnick is the owner. Yeah. And it... Yeah, it has a, it makes it hard to get excited about anything because then your question is always, but the owner is losing money and the owner is temperamental and the owner has a lot of pride and has a lot of say in what goes on in the organization. So it's if, nice to get excited about these guys and let's just hope they never upset the owner. Yeah, I, I just, I wonder if he knows, like he doesn't have to own a hockey team. Like he's super rich, like go buy something else to like hide your tax dollars or whatever you're doing with the hockey team. Like you don't have to do this. Let somebody who he's really not super rich. Oh, he's not. I thought he was. No, he's lost a lot of money. He got kicked out as the company he was CEO of. A bunch of his investments have bottomed out. Basically, the sense that the only thing he owns that's worth any kind of money right now. Oh, and he bought the team for about a hundred million Mm dollars whenever that was 2001, 2002. And it looks like he has about $200 million in debt on the team right now, at least. So, yeah, that's part of the problem is that he really has nothing else of value. Mm. So I don't know if there's that much incentive for him to sell. Uh, Yeah, I guess not. I mean, but then you would think like the incentive would be to have the team make a lot of money. And the best way to do that is to ice a really good hockey team. Yeah. Or you think... Or you'd think it would be to sell because, yeah, you know, too. if you're losing lots of money on this and you have no money other than this one investment, 
Yeah, if yeah. Vegas is worth five hundred million with no team, how much do you think someone would pay to get the Senators? Yeah, you'd think at least that much, right? Maybe you'd hope so. Yeah. Okay. So, um, one of the things I always like to ask um, the people from other teams um, is just to give us an under the radar player who, if you know, a Flyers fans watching this game, they might not pay any attention to, but who you think we should take a look at because they're fun to watch. Uh, so the first suggestion I was going to have was Ryan Dezingle, that he has been a lot of fun, but he also left the uh, Tuesday morning practice with an injury. So I'm not sure if he's actually going to play. So if not him, my suggestion then is uh, Dylan DeMello, who we're also getting used to as Sens fans, that he came over in the Carlson trade. And he seems to be one of those defensemen that is quietly a very good partner that whoever he's with, he can just compliment them, be in the right spot, support them, make them look good. That when he was playing with Maxime Lejoie, Lejoie got his first NHL goal. When he was playing with Thomas Chabot, then Chabot got four points. So uh, I'm just going to watch him more and maybe it'd be good for Flyers fans to watch him more too. Just get a sense of, Hey, here's a guy that won't stick out to you, but is quietly very good. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of recommendation I'm looking for. Um, are there any flyers that you're excited to see? I mean, we're always excited to see Travis Konecki uh, with his Ottawa 67's connection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, super fun to watch, too. So When Ottawa picked Thomas Chabot and then Colin White, uh, most Sense fans were like, why didn't they pick Konecki? So we still watch him to see if he's as good as we thought he was going to be back when he played junior in Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people passed on him. I was actually surprised he fell to the Flyers. Um, yeah, you know, you can't teach big, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, and the final thing I want to ask you is what you have for an overall prediction for this game. How do you think it's going to end? Uh, I think there will be a lot of goals because that's been the theme across all the Sens games so far. Mm. I also don't think they'll win, so it'll probably be something like 5-3 for Philly. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not, I've, I'm at this point, oh, for, oh, for three. Well, tonight doesn't count. Oh, for two. But then I've got the, the sharks. We've got the sharks tonight. Um, so my predictions are garbage. So I, so you mean you're garbage in terms of picking who wins? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I've decided to lean into it and pick that the flyers will lose every time I do this. <laughs> I say that the flyers are going to lose three to one. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you again, Ross, for doing this. Again, this is Ross Arnold from Silver Seven Sens. If you want to learn some stuff about the Senators, be sure to check out them on the SB Nation Network. Ross, have a great evening. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>